0: This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content.
1: I regret to inform you, you're on Chapel Probation, a podcast that takes a critical look at evangelical colleges and universities. I'm your host, Scott Okamoto. Decades ago, or actually just one decade ago, really, There was only straight and gay in our everyday language. And of course, we now know that trans, non-binary, and intersex people have always existed. But thanks to our cultural roots in fundamentalist Christianity, we are just now learning about people who exist outside of the traditional straight gay binary. Today, Cynthia Vaca Davis is here to tell her story of how her friend Danny asked her to be in in his inner circle as he came out as intersex and forced her to make a decision about taking a tenured position at an evangelical college, which basically criminalized all LGBTQIA identities. Now, this school is pretty much like every Christian college or university. Not only do they not have any understanding of just being gay, they they have zero understanding of the many other identities of actual human beings. Just bringing up the existence of trans people or intersex people blows their minds. And if they don't glitch immediately, they just get angry at you for bringing up something they both fear and don't understand. As you'll hear today. Cynthia has a book out called Intersection from Lake Drive Books, um, which is about her relationship with uh, her friend Danny. And I hope you all get a chance to take a look at it. It's a, it's a great book. I got to read it already. And I'm so glad she took the time to talk to us here on Chapel Probation.
0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, hello there. I am Cynthia Vaca-Davis, um, I am former faculty at, um, let's call it an unnamed Bible school, tiny little unnamed Bible school. I am no longer there. I now teach at a secular secular university, um, which I don't care if you name, but.
1: <laughs> Should we call it UBS?
0: UBS, <laughs> unnamed, unnamed Bible, Bible school. school. Yes. Yeah. Formal, former UBS faculty, Cynthia Pocatibas. Right. <laughs>
1: Good old UBS
0: UBS got the (laughs) t-shirts the hoodies yeah
1: yeah great great football team (laughs) yeah Yeah. very competitive so good um so let's let's uh back up and give everyone a little context of who you are yeah um you did you grow up evangelical Christian
0: it's a fascinating question because yes and no um my family was completely like just a secular, um, regular family until I was about eight years old. And then my dad, um, he was always a seeker, like always wanting to know more about life and more about why we were here. He was a hippie in the sixties. And then as, uh, the seventies came around, he got into the transcendental meditation. And so those are my early childhood memories of having this hippie father with a pipe and doing yoga. And, and then, um, he became very um, disillusioned, I think, um, with uh, climbing up the chain he was in, secular radio, and decided then to move us out to the country where he could do this throw, living on the land and all of, of this kind of thing, and uh, listened to Billy Graham one night. And um, Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Billy Graham Convert. And then he started going to church, but he didn't know a thing about, you know, what he was getting involved in. So he starts checking out the different churches, and I'm curious about what's going on. I'm eight years old, and a little Sunday morning outing. You know, why not? I'll go see what Dad's doing. And we went to a Methodist church first. Um, We were at a Bible church, a Bible Baptist church. There was a charismatic period, um... Presbyterian period. So I have this, like, cornucopia, a whole kaleidoscope of religious background that I came from. And some of it was very entrenched in evangelicalism, um, but uh, others not so much. And this pendulum just kind of swung back and forth and back and forth. And what was okay in one church wasn't okay in the other church. And that's how I kind of started to develop my own sense of the rules are pretty fluid, pretty shaky. Um, but I was all in. I, I wanted to know more. I just wasn't ever sure which church was the right church. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> they all say they are. Oh, they all
0: say <laughs> they are. They're all sure of it. And you always get, I remember before we would go to a church, and, and this was more um, like later down the line, I think, and more my husband and I, because he came out of a, Sort of similar background. Um, there's always a statement of faith. Every church had the statement of faith, and we would ask for the statement of faith because you what what we're really doing is we're seeing, like, what do we have to give up or do or not do if we're going to fit yeah. in in this church community? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it was drinking. That was always, you know, a big one. Oh, if we go here, we can't drink. <laughs>
1: mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then that takes you <clears throat> through your, your childhood mm-hmm. and all the way to when you met your husband. Yeah. So you. That's a long journey. It's a
0: long journey. And then my husband and I started on a journey, which could have ended up a lot of different ways, but it beautifully ended up with us exactly on the same page. And he is my best friend and my partner. And we, we are so in line. And I think of, you know, all the other ways it could have turned out, um, and I'm really yeah. grateful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. My, my wife and I kind of deconstructed through a few, di- two, few different phases together, but you read about and hear about, you know, marriages and families being torn apart by either people growing in their faith or deconstructing yeah. their faith. And,
0: and, and there was know. a time when I worried about that. I don't know in your case who deconstructed first, but in my marriage, it was my husband. And I was, I was terrified because I signed up to be with a strong Christian, um, I guess quasi-evangelical, you know, we were always on the liberal side of things, but still under that umbrella. And I didn't mind, yeah. the, you know, being on the outskirts, but I wanted to be under that umbrella because you veer off the map and there's monsters and fire and, you know, hellfire and brimstone <laughs> off that map. And I didn't want to go there. And it took me a right. while to catch up. It pretty much took um, took uh, the Christian school faculty experience before <laughs> I started really taking a very deep look at... Uh,
1: Nothing like Christian schools to just push you off the edge. Push you of, right off <laughs> that
0: edge, right off that cliff.
1: <laughs> so how, how would you define your religious spiritual identity now?
0: So now I am curious i think the singular word that i would put on my spiritual journey is i'm curious um after my like everything i had known let's say let's put a year on it like 2016 was rough and (laughs) like just kind of i know it's kind of a mysterious just what happened in 2016 just a random year Um, that I'm picking out of a hat where, you know, I just randomly started really having some serious concerns. And uh, I started realizing that the people, like whether it was um, famous people or um, pastors of churches that I attended, all the people that shaped my religious viewpoints were going somewhere that I could never go and believe things I could never believe and were doing things that I could never get behind. And then that gets started becoming like scorched earth for me. And I realized yeah. that I had to, I didn't want to abandon God. I still don't want to abandon God. I still have, like, I know you and I have talked and know you've kind of moved into atheism. I'm not there, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm so comfortable saying, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Me too. I'm, <laughs> I'm probably more of that. More i that. And, I'm, and then you just get, comfortable saying i don't know yeah
0: i am super comfortable saying i don't know because i don't but i want to know and i suspect that god is way bigger than that evangelical umbrella and i want to know the big god Hmm. whoever he or she is i want to know the big god and it's almost like an adventure for me finding out, like, what what's true? What is true? Because oh. that's what I want.
1: Okay. So now let's connect the dots. We You have the childhood and youth, and you go to work at UBS.
0: UBS, yep.
1: So tell me about how that started and, and what it was like at first.
0: So at UBS, um, it was kind of a side job for me at first because I, I was an adjunct. And um, adjuncts are like the itinerant workers of um, yep,
1: I've been academia. There. Yeah,
0: it's not not great at all. And I was also getting my MFA, so I was I was actually adjuncting before I had my MFA. I had um, I had another master's, and so I was um, I was teaching with that, but I wanted my MFA. So I'm going to one school to get um, to get my MFA. And then I'm teaching like three classes at, um, at this university, which I still work at. Um, and then this little tiny school like across the state line in North Carolina, um, which was connected to my church denomination that had been in for like 20 years, um, really small school. And they needed, um, they needed a professor because they're constantly needing faculty, just little tiny place. And, um, so I started driving to North Carolina two days a week, two evenings a week. So I'm teaching night classes there. And I'm just doing this loop. I am circling around. Um, I'm going through two bridge tunnels, um, crossing a straight line every week, um, just circling these universities and kind of seeing what comes of that, thinking that, well, maybe there's going to be a more stable job for me. Um, just do my, do my time and something will crop up, and then lo and behold, mid-semester, like late October of that year, I think this was the second semester I was teaching for um, UBS, and Mm -hmm. UBS had um, an audit of some kind, um, an accreditation audit, and they said, you're going to need immediately a tenure-track English instructor to be at the helm of this operation. And I was the only English faculty at that time at UBS, adjuncting. <laughs> so um, I was obviously like, I was I was a contender. And here I am, no MFA, um, just an adjunct, no impressive um, CV at this time. And I'm looking at a tenure track promotion mid-semester a lot of security in that Uh, it was it was going to be a pretty big a pretty big uh, life upgrade for me yeah
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's like exponential from from adjunct to full-time so
0: and not just full-time but tenure I mean tenure once you have tenure you're set
1: just straight up te- you were it was tenured. Tenure,
0: yeah position you're tenured, tenured.
1: <laughs> yeah. nice okay so wait before we get let's tease that but what what were what were your students like Ooh. what were your what were the other faculty like at the school so
0: at UBS um they one thing i did like is that i at this time i'm thinking they're a little bit um edgy Because the students are heavily tattooed. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the top fashion was tattoos. Um, Now, you could not, if you were a woman, you could not wear leggings or jeggings. Those were, like, specifically out. Tattoos were fine. No leggings, no jeggings. Um, No, um, I think there was another um, popular um, wardrobe that thing that was out, probably uh, strapped, um, probably something like what I'm wearing now, like <laughs> strapped uh, shirts where the
1: arms show. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, arms <laughs> no, no, arms, no arms. No arms. No arms. If the arm was covered with tattoos, was that okay? To- <laughs> so, I mean, as
0: long as you have like a sleeve, or some kind of sleeve, not, I mean, tattoo mm-hmm. sleeve, but also a cotton <laughs>
1: sleeve <laughs> covering the shoulders. Some kind of fabric.
0: <laughs> fabric. And then the tattoo sleeve. After did they the measure,
1: like, how far down from the shoulder?
0: <laughs> I was not in the weeds that much, thankfully. Okay. Um, Although yeah. I was, I did teach at an undergraduate, like, just a K-12 school, um, where they did measure skirts and shorts.
1: Right. Like, yeah, with a literal I ruler. To, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. have been in those environments with rulers. And you're watching your faculty members um on their knees with measuring tape, like trying to figure out the appropriate, like, inch um, increments that your skirts can be. It is.
1: Do you measure from the center of the knee or the top of the knee?
0: (laughs) So they didn't, like, this is a actual scene from my life. Again, not at university. This was at K-12. But it was a faculty meeting and they were trying to lay down some dress code, um, just hard and fast rules. So they're trying to decide how long a skirt could be. Of course, it's a skirt because no pants. And my colleagues were literally on their knees. Somebody else is going out with a measuring tape. They wanted the skirt to fall no more than two inches above the knee. So they're trying to get a measurement of how long the skirt should be. And then they're finding to their shock, amazement, and horror that not every body, not every physical body, was proportioned the same and they couldn't put a number on it. So a skirt that was say <laughs> uh, 24 inches long might be short on somebody, or it might be long on somebody else. And they didn't know what to do yeah. with that.
1: Yeah, You got to use like calculus to get, uh, <laughs> to get the formula,
0: a, the clothing the formula. percentage
1: of your, your thigh bone <laughs> <laughs> to, to the knee. Uh, must be <laughs> five sevenths of the length of your leg.
0: It was giving me yeah. a headache, and I went home. and One of the faculty called me later and said, "I don't think you were very comfortable in that meeting." I said, "No, no, I was not comfortable yeah. in that meeting."
1: You, you didn't have poker face, huh? No,
0: I'm very bad with poker yeah. face. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so okay, but in that spirit, um, there's sort of that vibe still at, at UBS, yes, the unnamed Bible school right. where. There's still this idea that we have to police women's bodies. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there was a policing of women's bodies.
1: For the sake of the the lust of the men. On you know,
0: Right. To, we cannot lead those men into temptation. Yeah. No. Because they're going to be yeah. ministers. They're going to be ministers. This was a Bible school and they were creating right. ministers and they could not fall to the wiles of these uh, legging women.
1: Yeah, That would come much later in their careers. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, if they went to the Southern Baptist Convention. <laughs> <laughs> There's pl- plenty of time for that later. Yeah,
0: yeah, but not now. <clears throat> not at UBS. Yeah,
1: not, not on their not watch. Now. We got to keep up, keep up appearances. And we're back with Bryn Mawr leading UBS seventy-two nothing in the fourth quarter. UBS quarterback Johnson comes to the line, his usual three Bible lengths away from his center, Bill Bumford. Johnson takes the snap and is sacked immediately, as three of his offensive linemen were still praying. I think they thought the count would be longer. Second and 15, Johnson drops back to pass, has a receiver open downfield, he throws, and the pass is intercepted by safety, Lisa Miller, who, Who? wait a minute, she, she takes something out of her hand warmer, it looks like a Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. And she's holding it up to the UBS players who are now shielding their eyes. Miller at the 50, 40, 30. Just two men to beat. She opens the centerfold and Bumford and Johnson hit the turf. Touchdown, Bryn Mawr. What a play. The old purity culture punch to make it 79 nothing, and put this game to bed. Um, well, Were your faculty, your colleagues, mm-hmm. pretty... Straight-laced conservative. Yeah, and uptight. I were they cool or were they?
0: I didn't. I'm. I'm thinking back. I honestly cannot think of any female faculty that I knew were connected with um during my time there. It was all. I'm just gonna use the word stodgy. Stodgy white men. They were the ones calling the shots.
1: And how old were you at this point?
0: Um, forty.
1: Okay, yeah. so but you're so you're you're like this young woman, in <laughs> very young forty, very young meeting. Yeah, it's 40 is so young. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so you're you're in in meetings and in rooms. You know, did you ever get pushback as a woman from your students or other faculty? Because I could even at APU, which is supposed to be liberal, right? The uh, women faculty. Probably every semester, got somebody commenting that women shouldn't be teaching men. Oh. At, you know, as as Paul commands, right. <laughs> um, so, did you ever face any of that? So,
0: I believe it was like the men that taught all the Bible courses. I I cannot think of a woman Bible instructor um, at UBS. And
1: so, English was okay. English
0: was okay. <laughs> that was the domain of the woman. Yeah. Um, also. See, the thing about being an adjunct, um, an itinerant worker, is I would mostly just come in, teach my class, and leave um, right, right. because I lived an hour away. So I didn't, I wasn't privy to a lot of the meetings because uh, as an adjunct, you don't know what's going on most no. of the time. <laughs> and it really wasn't until this potential promotion that I was summoned into meetings and and then I did see, there were other women on the faculty, I just didn't really know them. Um, and I'm not right. sure what they taught. I wasn't around longer, long after that to know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so so how did that uh, end come about then?
0: So how the end came about is, um, I was approached about the tenure track job. Um, they said, the wheels are in motion, this is gonna go very quickly because we have to make this appointment. Um, so it wasn't like we're looking at these other candidates or anything. It's like, we want to get you in there. You know, you're here. Um, we want to make this work. We need to get this done. So the meetings were pretty much a formality at this point. And, um, I think it was like, I went down one, one evening and I I did some activities with some students and, um, I spent the night, they had a little apartment there. I spent the night in the apartment. And then the next day was my full campus interview. And this was where I was going to talk with uh, the academic dean, the president, um, the entire faculty. Um, there was a, a boardroom uh, meeting with some of the higher ups. And the idea was, you know, I check those boxes and that everybody just says, oh, yep, signs off on it. And then we sign the contract and voila, I have tenure conferred upon me. That was the plan.
1: That was the plan. That was the plan. And then we should mention that this is all documented very specifically in a book you have coming out. Very specifically. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of the, the main stories, which I've been fortunate enough to see an advanced copy of this book and highly recommend it. Um. So share whatever you're comfortable sharing without spoiling yeah. um, everything in the yeah. book. But um, so this meeting does not go according to plan.
0: Mm-mm. No,
1: um, no,
0: <laughs> it does not. And, <laughs> and yeah. And thank you for that, that plug of the book and for giving it your time. And um, yeah. Uh, so what started to go wrong um, at the meeting was that, I had some concerns in the back of my mind already going in because, like I mentioned, every Christian environment I had been a part of, whether it was a church or whether it was teaching at Christian K-12 school, there was always the faith statement. And there was always the, here are the things that we expect. And it's always like a do this, don't do that. And I'm thinking, I told you that you know alcohol was a always a big one that was and that was my first concern. I'm like I don't know that I can do tenure and just like never have wine. I and I was worried about that. That was where my main concern was initially. But then things I I developed um, greater concerns because um, I started thinking through. Um, I I've always been I've always identified as an LGBTQI plus ally. But it was always something that was, um, in my personal interactions, it was, um, I wasn't doing overtly public things like flying the pride flag or um, making huge statements on social media. It was more like in my interpersonal relationships. And uh, literally a week before, almost to the day, uh, before this full campus interview, I had a meeting with a friend at a Panera that shifted everything. And this friend was from my church and at this point um, I knew my friend as female. And I knew that this friend was going through a hard time. I was better friends with their partner at that point than I was um, with, uh, I'm just gonna say him. spoiler mm-hmm. alert um but <laughs> i can i get sent
1: to it was heading in that it, it direction.
0: was heading that direction yeah let's just call it out yeah. so um yeah so i'm summoned to Monera um to have a talk with my friend and my friend says you know so things haven't been going so well lately and i am really struggling and i'm about to i can't continue on with my life the way i've been living it and i need to tell my truth and i have been told that you, and my husband was with me, I've been told that you and your husband are safe people. I know in my interactions with you, I've always felt safe. And I need to start telling some people what's going on and get a team of support around me because my life might blow up. And what my friend Danny told me, um, and this point um, thinking Danny with an I, um, basically <laughs> Danny says, I'm not Danny with an I, I'm Danny with a Y. <laughs> I'm I'm male. But more specifically, I am intersex. And at that point, I had not heard that word. Um, and Danny said, well, there's a, another word you might know by, but we don't. It's pejorative and we don't use it anymore, but it's hermaphrodite, uh, male and female. I am biologically both male and female, but I have never identified with my female side. And actually... The physical reality is my female side is dying on the inside. And and I knew that Danny had had surgeries. Um, And that that was the cause. Um, And Danny said, I'm not going to be able to carry on at all the way I've been Um, physically, mentally, emotionally. This can't continue. And I'm going forward in my life as who I've always been and who I've always felt inside. I'm going forward is male and I might lose my family and I might lose my ministry at church. I might lose everything. And, um, I'm just looking for a support team. And I said, Oh, I got you. So I have just told Danny a week ago, I'm on your team. I've got you this. And I know this is going to be kind of a public situation at this point. And, um, To further complicate things, um, Danny and I really began having some very deep conversations and I had decided that I was going to write about intersex um, as part of my own MFA program, just as a result of talking with Danny. And Danny is feeding me information, he's encouraging me, he's saying yes, please write about intersex, it's so important and I'm gonna share with my story with you. So I know at this point, going into this full faculty interview that I have just agreed, to support my intersex friend transitioning from female to male, and that I'm going to write my thesis on intersex. So I know this going in, and I'm thinking, I'm I'm expecting that there might be
1: a problem. and what? (laughs) give you that idea. I
0: know it was just kind of a, <laughs> it was a, a suspicion a, a sixth sense yeah. if you will that something <laughs> was going to go amiss around around this so I abandoned my concern about about the wine because I kind of then learned that um, other professors were out having beers and things like that so. I was gonna say <laughs> uh,
1: pretty much every school I've heard that has that policy for their faculty the they all sign it but mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, I thought that this—it's more of a of a if it's a statement by the school that this is our value to to, to the world to the world, yeah. Behind doors in their own homes, yeah,
0: not yeah, so much.
1: They're drinking. I learned about intersex people when I was in high school, and it wasn't a kind of like positive thing <laughs> that we learned about. It it uh, was usually spoken about in terms of, like, being weird or or freaky or something. Now, and we used that term that is now out of use, the H word, because people being born with both sets of sexual organs was not something our little minds could handle. It's something society can't handle to this day. The very notion of the existence of intersex people has potentially catastrophic implications to all Christian faith that teaches God makes us, quote-unquote, perfect. A a gay man or a lesbian still has corresponding genitalia to their sexual identity, so Christians can claim being gay is some kind of choice or affliction that can be prayed away. As fucked up as that is, and, and as unscientific as that is, they have no answer to the existence of intersex people. If someone is born with both sexual organs, God either made a mistake, which is a non-starter, or he created someone in his image that does not compute inside the dull minds of the rest of his creation. That'd be us, us cishat people. And now Cynthia will tell us about some of those dull minds. It, it's Christians, of course. But obviously you saw, you you projected ahead, right? You're like, once they find out, what what were you thinking was going to happen?
0: So in my mind, um, I am thinking through, like, I, there were people that said, well, you know, you can kind of be like an undercover person, an undercover ally, which I know you have, you know, that's not a foreign concept (laughs) right to you. (laughs) And um, I'm thinking through that. Um, as a possibility, but it doesn't feel right for me. Um, I have a lot of um, just my wiring is um, very much that if something is off, like if there's a disconnect between how I feel inside and how I'm supposed to, you know, sign that I'll present, you know, I'm going to be this way and support these things. If there's a disconnect, I feel uncomfortable, guilty and scared, scared of being outed. So yeah. That really wasn't feeling like a a good option for me um, from an authenticity point of view and from a being at personal peace point of view, because I'm thinking once my thesis is done, that's a matter of public record. Um, And I don't want to be hiding the fact that I am supporting Danny because I just made this promise. So I'm thinking of a dozen different ways this could go down and thinking that when and if, you know, I do take this job and then, you know, write things around intersex that are a matter of public record, I'm going to get fired unless I'm really honest about it now. So I go all in. I just, I show up like this. So before we even start these interviews, I need to, and this is with the academic dean um, right before the big day starts uh, invites me to the office. He says, so, do you have any kind of questions? I know we've been chatting a lot about, you know, how this is gonna go. But, you know, is there anything you want to know? And I know he's expecting a question like, you know, are we having lunch later, or you know, like something very basic around how the day is gonna go.
1: Do I get a parking spot?
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, I think he's like, he's either expecting something like, yeah, like, am I gonna get a parking spot, or um, something just about the order of the day. He's expecting light softball questions and then i said well i've been reading the handbook because i got the handbook ahead of time and i said that i read in the handbook around academic freedom that uh professors were free to write and express opinions around any topic that does not undermine the foundation of the christian faith so I'm thinking, does Danny's physical and mental health undermine Christian faith? It doesn't seem to me that that's a deal breaker and something that's going to undermine Christian faith. So maybe I can write about this and be public about it and still work here. Because what about the Christian faith is going to be undermined by this, like, physical, medical, psychological reality?
1: By the existence of this person, this
0: exists. Yes, yes, this person yeah. exists. Yeah, yeah. And that that we, Danny, and I would talk about that. Like, I exist. I'm real. <laughs> and why is my existence yeah. a problem? Let alone a problem right. that is going to cause the foundations of Christianity to crumble. So when I read that yeah. wording, I'm thinking maybe there's hope because there's no way the foundations are going to crumble over this. So. I quoted that. I said, I read this. And I said, I'm just going to come right out and and say that um, I've adopted my project for my MFA program. And I am, um, I'm going to be writing um, not only about intersex, but I'm working on a story with a friend um, telling his truth, too, as part of it. And um, I just need to put that out there. And the academic dean kind of blanched. It was like... <laughs> like he froze for a second and then just kind of cleared his throat and said well <clears throat> will you just be telling this person's story and i said i don't, I don't know i just this is brand new project just started last week i don't i don't i've not put any parameters around it it's like well i'm gonna have to go upstairs and talk to the president we'll see what the others at the boardroom have to say so that's how we head into the boardroom well,
1: <clears throat> so yeah and Given what I know about college presidents, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is not necessarily an upgrade in intellectual capacity from <clears throat> the dean of, of education, right? Of all the the edu- academic edu- dean, time.
0: right, 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 right.
1: <laughs> the academic dean. <clears throat> there are exceptions, of
0: course. Of course. Yeah, but just not this wow. time.
1: <laughs> so this is not this is not voting. Well no, for, it's not voting uh, well. Uh, some, <laughs> it's a, some 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 foreshadowing. <laughs> Uh okay. Mm-hmm. So you go into the meeting yep. and what's the room look like?
0: So there is this table, and it is about as wide and as long as the dead end street that I live on. It's the biggest table I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Impressive. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, literally the first thing I said was, Oh, this is not at all intimidating. The table is beaming, <laughs> it's polished, it's huge. Yeah. And there are a few, um, professors that I knew sitting around the table. And there was a woman who was, um, I think kind of the role was sort of a combination HR, bookkeeping, accounting. I think she probably had several roles because this is a small place, but she's kind of like, let's just say like on the business side of things, like she's sitting there, the only other female. And then the, the, the top brass, let's call them of, um, UB, ubs around this UBS. around this table
1: yeah oof okay are they smiling
0: <laughs> at first yeah, they... Well, they are kind of like welcoming yeah. because okay, they, so they don't they're... know anything's amiss like they're just they're just thinking this is, this
1: is supposed to be a formality this is right? a formality
0: yeah. we're just gonna bless this uh <laughs> this appointment and uh of, of you as as a as one of us and and then we're gonna go and talk to some other people and science papers and and We'll be on our way. Yeah. So yeah, they're smiling at this point.
1: Little do they know you have a grenade in your.
0: I do, hand. I do, <laughs> and I'm thinking. What I'm thinking at this moment, if you wanted the truth, is I can't believe I'm going to have to talk about my friend's genitalia right now. <laughs> that is what I'm thinking.
1: <laughs> yeah, of the hundred things on their minds, this is not one of them. This
0: is not one of them. <laughs> so I'm very uncomfortable, whereas everybody else is smiling at this point. Yeah.
1: Okay, so y'all, we don't this is like I said detailed magnificently in the book with all the the tension and all of the intrigue. Um It is a tense. But what struck me, what struck me though was the arrogance cuz this is clearly something they don't understand or know anything about. Oh, they admitted but it. These, too. Yeah. And these are old but these are all white guys who Still have to maintain their authority and mm-hmm. and their power, right? Oh, yeah. And so they they be they they don't respond well. No, say um, no. So so the first was was the first thing you brought up was like this. You just launched with it. Um,
0: no, yeah. There's some softball questions. Um, okay. you know, just kind of warming up. Yeah, right. You know how those things go. And then um, yeah, the uh, academic dean says, well, um.
1: <laughs> he's probably sweating bullets, he right? He he's is. like he, He's seen the iceberg dead ahead and Yes. He, he doesn't know how to steer the ship at this point, but he's yeah. gotta
0: do something. So he says, So <laughs> Cynthia has some questions around the academic freedom clause in our um our little manifesto um that we call the faculty handbook. And that's how we launch into it. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he bails. (laughs) It just turns it over to me.
1: (laughs) He grabs his parachute. He's out. (laughs) And jumps out.
0: And mic drop. And then I have to, um, I just have to bring everybody up to date. Coward. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's in those moments you realize who's in charge, right? Or who has... You see the hierarchy develop right in front of your eyes. Right
0: in front of your eyes. (laughs) Oh, and the poor businesswoman, she's like, (laughs) I can tell, she knows. (laughs) She's out of her depth, and she's, (laughs) I don't think she's seen anything go down like that in one of these meetings, so I think she's kind of like, what's going to (laughs) happen? <laughs> She's an older, I wish older I had lady. some popcorn right now. <laughs> older lady who's like probably never seen this much action in the boardroom in decades, and uh, it's going down.
1: Where, where, where the where the faces turning red, or where they're turning the white? The president's was turning red. Was it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ooh, you got him good.
0: Yeah, he was. Uh, he was getting flustered.
1: <laughs> right, because. Yeah, he he clearly, the way you describe it, doesn't understand the, the issue completely. No, he doesn't he understand. Sort of pretend like, pretend like he's, he's got the biblical view on
0: this. Right, he starts sputtering and he says, this sounds like that LGBTQ <laughs> nonsense. And he's just like stumbling over the letters. He's like, that's what this sounds like. <laughs>
1: That's funny because that's what this is actually Uh, with with the eye. With
0: With the um, eye, with the eye. Oh, he didn't know about the eye. I'm trying to explain about the eye, and um, (laughs) he he couldn't couldn't get there.
1: And but the fact that he's calling it nonsense, you you know, he's basically calling people nonsense. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah. Which that was you talk about things that are clearly outlined. I was about to see their actual viewpoint of, of how they felt about those people very shortly. Those people. (laughs) Yeah. Those those people. people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I remember encountering, you know, those views from my students and and colleagues at APU. And it, it was just, it made my, it made my skin crawl because it's, Either they don't know people or if they do know LGBTQIA people, they hate them so much, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they criminalize their identity and it's just like being face to face with that kind of sort of evil is, is kind of terrifying because these are people who vote. These are people who hold positions of power um, and sway in, in this world. And this is how they, they see people and,
0: yeah Yeah, it, it so did what, what, feel kind of, it felt uncomfortable little scary i guess yeah.
1: right so yeah w- w- was your heart like pounding at this oh, point yeah. like wondering where this is going. oh go? yeah and like, you
0: yeah, know full disclosure i had chosen to wear all black uh, because i'm sweating bullets hmm. <laughs> i just, just i'm just wearing my black pants and my black shirt and just really thankful at that moment yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: but that's that was a power move though that's a, <laughs> yeah yeah if you're gonna be the if you're gonna play the bad guy then you, you might, might, as well might as well wear that. black <laughs> 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 Oh, or or in this case you're more like clint eastwood
0: you know? <laughs> yeah there you go i like that
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so i don't know so do you do you want to should we the meeting ends and there's not exactly clarity at this. No, point, there's not exactly like, clarity. Anymore.
0: Although the president did actually yell at me at one point um, compared me, compared the scenario to um, kind of implied that I was being cagey and making him mad the way that his sons made him mad when they didn't cooperate.
1: Wow. He went straight to dad. Oh <laughs> yeah.
0: He went from zero to dad pretty quickly.
1: Angry dad.
0: Angry dad. Red face. Um, Oh shit! I hate it when people, you know, talk cagey like this. Or I forget what he said. It it was just kind of like um, he thought my answers were evasive, basically. And he's like, "I don't want to play these games." I get so mad when my sons play these games. Wow! That's the thing I hated the most about the entire day.
1: Hell hath no fury like a confused white man. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So we. Because you're you're being crystal clear. You're you're being the opposite of cage. You're being absolutely clear with where you're coming from and what you're thinking about. But because it doesn't subscribe to his worldview, to him, it, he's calling it cagey. He's calling it you know vague. Yeah, or yeah. Or,
0: that was just definitely the feel that I was being evasive, and you know. um, he wanted my full views on uh, the whole LGBTQ situation. And I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't apply. Like I'm not, I'm not gay. So, you know, that's, it's, it's a wrong thing for me. Cause I'm not gay, but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to speak for other people and, and, and throw them, you know, down downstream without a paddle.
1: <laughs> Which is what he, he, I think he wanted you to do that. Oh, I mean, he oh
0: absolutely. You- he wanted, he wanted me to just make a strong stance and say,
1: they are abominations.
0: Yeah. And we'll find out later that the word they would have preferred was repugnant. That was the word that they would have preferred.
1: That's, that's better than abomination. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Repugnant.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Repugnant. <laughs> wow. Uh, and, and, and you didn't, and, and in that sense, you might've been cagey, right? Because right. You weren't, you didn't want, and the, and it was, it was complete. The, the HR person should have flagged that moment because they're not, supposed to be able to ask those kinds of questions in, in terms of hiring um, under like things like title nine and. Um, oh,
0: they don't care about those yeah. things. They could care yeah. less <laughs> about those things. Are you kidding? Oh,
1: <laughs> well, this isn't like an accredited university. Oh right? no,
0: they're very excited about their cr- accreditation. They actually wow. say, okay. they make a point in saying like we are under the same accreditation as the state schools. We have the same exact accreditation. And uh, they they had to have a certain number of books in the library to meet that criteria. And the library books, oh, my gosh, the books, the titles in that library. There's, like, 70s, like, from the 70s, like, super religious books. um, Really just things you'd find in the basement of – well, I don't know. Billy Graham? <laughs> like, so, yeah. I don't know. I mean, just literature that no college student I know would be reading.
1: Yeah. yeah Well, there's like 700 Left Behind books. So right. That, oh, the Left Behind series. That, that would yeah, take that up was. Wing, yeah, yeah, that's the, the, the fiction
0: section right there. Um, yeah. Although, I don't know. Would when they have considered I think, fiction?
1: I think that's the science. That's in the science <laughs> section of. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I stand the, the corrected. His, the history section. I stand corrected.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Cynthia, This is this is real stuff here.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's what the library looked like and those are the kind of books that they had to reach their criteria of having the right amount of text to be considered a university.
1: <laughs> and there wasn't necessarily a criteria of what of which text, I guess. No,
0: no, no. Just you got to have the texts. Just just any old text will do.
1: <laughs> yeah hi i'm nate producer and co-host on the full mutuality podcast let's talk about inequality it's everywhere whether it's rooted in race gender ability or sexuality there's bound to be an imbalance in power influence representation and access on our show we want to explore areas of religion culture and society where justice is needed in order to bring about true mutuality i hope you'll join us for some enlightening fun and at times uncomfortable conversations as we envision a world where everyone can live free from systems and structures that keep us from being truly equal. You can find us on your favorite podcast app or visit our website, fullmutuality.com, to find a list of all the platforms we're available on subscribe today and we'll see you on the full mutuality podcast. All right. So what we can, uh... Flash forward now. So that meeting does not go well.
0: Nope. nope. Um, and we have to leave are not, from there. You were
1: not offered the you were not offered the tenure job on the spot.
0: No, because it was in the plan all along. See, the, the whole this is a day that's being planned here. So the next phase of the day This is the
1: beginning of this this day. the beginning of the day. So <laughs> the next Yeah, we're off to a good start.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so the <laughs> the next thing that's up is this whole like meet and greet with everyone, the whole faculty, just a big meet and greet. And um, we had to talk about um, my academic background and my philosophy of teaching. And this wasn't like religious. This was just like who I am as a professor. And it was again supposed to be just a softball thing. And so I walk in and everyone was assembled. Everyone is like, I don't know, 20 people it's again not a not a big place but friendly faces you know they're just expecting. let's just chat about education and we'll all be on our way but But. (laughs) and and nothing comes up about this situation okay word
1: has not spread no word has not spread no
0: we just like we went from the upstairs to this meeting nothing has been said although there was one person, um, the psychology professor who was kind of interested in the things I was saying and, um, was talking with me a little bit. Um, and in an encouraging way, like, oh, I wonder if your friend would be interested in talking to the psychology class. And, and then there was another guy who, um, I don't know, he was some vice president guy. and He seemed engaged, like, cause this, Ugliness is going on, but he seemed engaged and he seemed to want to know more. So even though it was scary and the walk to this other place, there's somewhat of, um, we're kind of interested in what you're saying. So I'm still thinking, Hmm. maybe there's hope. Maybe there's hope. Maybe the president's just, you know, a figurehead maybe. And maybe everybody else would be like, yeah, you know, this isn't so bad. And so I'm semi hopeful going into this little chat.
1: That's actually encouraging to hear that there was some intellectual curiosity. There was.
0: There was. And I would be, you know, I think I would be remiss to not acknowledge that because, you know, we do tend to vilify people who don't agree with us. Um, And that's why our country is where it is with this huge gulf. And we've got people on one side of the gulf and people on the other side of the gulf. And I do think there's no way out of it if we can't come together and find human moments. There was humanity. There was humanity in that moment. And I don't want to characterize it like it was just a bunch of uh, horrific monsters that were doing horrific things. These were people that felt like they had, well, I mean, the foundations of Christianity were at stake. So.
1: (laughs) Really? Truly. Truly, They were. So. I mean, the president didn't respond so well, but um, not a lot of hope there. But no, it sounds like the faculty, to their credit, uh, recognized the implications of just this a person like this existing. Yeah, what that had the implications that has on their own faith and worldview.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were willing to engage. They were willing to engage. So I felt, Hmm. yeah, there there could still be something here. You know, maybe they're going to decide that there's room on this faculty for diverse opinion. Maybe they're going to decide that, that you know, I, I know they're kind of placing me on this sort of left end of the spectrum box, but maybe there's a place for that. Maybe they'll think that I can fit under this umbrella too.
1: At an accredited university. Yeah, at an accredited university. Maybe there's room a for place. me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so...
1: So was there, there was not, there was no room.
0: There was no, no, no room, but it took days really for the final decision to come down. It really did take days, even though I knew it was over before I left because uh, you know, after we had the mix and mingle with the education department, then I had to go to the business office and talk with the business lady who she was in the boardroom. And um, you know, that we're talking about benefits and all this and I'm like, okay, well we're still talking. This is, you know, they haven't, run me off campus yet (laughs) uh so the day ends with a little chat in the parking lot with the academic dean he's like i think this went really well i think it went well and there's
1: wow an optimist
0: yeah and he's like we're gonna shoot you over uh, a little form though that we want you to look at we've um we've crafted up a little um you know i think we've had some confusion around the lgbtq (laughs) and i'm gonna say ia but he did not um, plus, yeah, yeah. you know, the whole thing. He says, we've crafted up some language around that, which you haven't seen yet. Because um, that did come out up in the boardroom. Like, you know what? I th- that's how he stopped the whole conversation, the academic dean. He did step in, even though he initially said, you described the situation. He stopped it by saying, you know, I think she hasn't seen our statement yet. Let's let her take a look at the statement, and then we'll revisit this. And then the conversation steered away. But now he's saying, you know, the statement, I'm going to send it over to you in your email. It'll be there when you get home. And I think you're not going to have a problem with it. You're really not going to have a problem with our stance. You take a look at it. And I, I think that this is just a little bump in the road.
1: <laughs> so was it a bump in the road? Oh, gosh,
0: it was a crater. It was a, I mean, <laughs> It derailed everything. Like. <laughs> Not a bump. Um, yeah, I get home, and I'm interested to see what's in the email. And uh, that's where that's where we start to see the word repugnant come up. Um, there was the...
1: Oh, so that literally was in the language oh, yes! of, of their Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. No, the marriage...
1: That was not just a conversation. Oh, no, 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 <laughs>
0: no, no, no. It's not rhetoric. No. <clears throat> um, oh. <laughs> so this statement that I was... I'm clearly not going to have a problem with, um, according to the academic dean. Um, it listed every potential like term they could think of that was under the the vile umbrella of LGBTQ, which they were struggling to know all the letters. But they are listing out um, bisexuality and you know just anything they could think of. There wasn't, you know, you're a cisgender person in a heterosexual relationship. Anything that they could think of, any term that they happen to be familiar with or come across, was on this list, and they said that these things are repugnant to God and the principles of the university. But I'm not gonna have a problem with that, Scott. You know, I'm not gonna have a problem there. So,
1: no, no, what, where, what, what? Why would you? Uh, have
0: a... <laughs> <laughs> no, that.
1: <laughs> well, I guess it depends on how you take the word repugnant. Right, is it's that, such a is strong Is as a deal breaker or is that repugnant as distasteful to you? Or is it... Um, just
0: a little, you know, just a little sketchy maybe, but...
1: <laughs> difference in style and opinion. Yeah, um, just,
0: just a little bump in the road. <laughs> yeah. Just a little, a little bad, a little bad.
1: Because, <laughs> you know broccoli could be repugnant to someone but,
0: but broccoli's um, good it's there's so many nutritious the, compounds the color
1: green or um
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so so you know it so you read this thing and it's like okay well,
0: there's no way mm-hmm. i'm signing this thing no. i know that
1: were you tempted to go were you rationalizing though or like well if i sign this I'll do this and you know, I'll I'll counter it by Yeah, you know, there's
0: always um, this thought like, you know, I could be like a secret agent. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, going back to, you know, earlier in the conversation, there then there were a couple people that kind of said, Is there a way you could do that? But mm-hmm. I just felt that I couldn't, that it wasn't yeah. an authentic way for me to live. It wasn't going to be mentally healthy. Um plus you know, we were right on the cusp of 2016 here, and things are going bad, and and I'm seeing, you know, I, I kind of reviewed the president's social media, and it wasn't good. Um, I might hazard to use the word repugnant to me, some of the things I saw posted, and... Um,
1: Whoa, that's a strong mm, word. Uh, since yeah, you know, it's a,
0: yeah, and I'm thinking like <laughs> that
1: seems to be like as mu- as important as the f- statement is. Yeah. the idea you're working under a repugnant human being who yeah who vilifies people. Yeah, and
0: I'm thinking like I'm going to be associated with this. Yeah. People are going to see the things that he posts and the things that the university stands for and what this marriage and family statement says, and they're going to know that I would be part of that and I would be definitely associated with that. And I, I just, there was just no way I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it.
1: If we are lucky as ex evangelicals, we cross paths with people who help us expand our worldview. And if we're really lucky, we cross paths with people who force us to clarify our views and give us an opportunity to make a choice to stand for what we believe. It's a place of privilege, yes, but because we are emerging from anti-intellectual, oppressive, self-denying systems of cult-like religion, we need people from outside of those systems to invite us in to their struggles, their victories, their lives, that is the way forward for us as ex-evangelicals. Going through all that, how did, how did that affect your, your own faith and your own view of, of Christianity?
0: Yeah, so, you know, that combined with what I was seeing politically and socially, that's where we get to the scorched earth. That's where we get to... Everything I've been involved in Christian wise up until this point is turning in a really scary direction. And yeah. I'm I'm on the outside now. I'm on the outside of it. And I don't know I don't know now. I'm I'm not inside the lines. I'm I'm coloring outside the lines now. And I don't know what happens.
1: Yeah. So that had to be pretty unsettling. Oh yeah. Because Oh yeah! Your, your whole, your community, uh, your your worldview and faith. So that's what what an amazing year <laughs> you're leading up to 2016. Yeah, um, leading
0: up to 2016, and then ma- meanwhile, Danny is is going through this. Like, if I tell my truth, I might lose my my friends, my family, my church. I never worried about losing my family, but friends and church and community. Um, yeah. Yeah, so suddenly we're both at this place where we're going to lose a lot. Things are going to change, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be there for you, and you're going to be there for me, and we've got this friendship. And, you know, my husband's in in on this too, and um, and we're, we're like, okay, well, things are going to get weird, but we're a team now. We're going to go through this. <laughs> we're going to go through this and see what happens.
1: And in a sense, you're still – getting through this? It's, it it's a process. Sense, yeah. It's, uh...
0: yeah. Things, um, things didn't, um, you know, we're not at our church anymore. Um, none of us are really um, in corporate religious spaces right now. Um, we've had to learn, how do you build community outside of the church walls? What does that look like? What does it mean to be a person who's um, spiritually open and curious but not um, not engaging with evangelicalism, evangelical anything. Not um, not consuming, you know, the 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 party lines. What does that look like? And it's a daily sort of recreation. It's a daily set of decisions. Like, what am I? Where am I today? Um, what questions do I have? What am I curious about? What do I want to know more about? Um, it's allowing yourself to be open to people and to conversations and um, spaces that you would automatically shut down when you're inside, inside the, the church. Yeah. Because there's always things that, you know, we don't associate with this. We don't do this. This isn't something, you know, that's, that's okay. But then when you allow yourself that permission that, okay, everything I've clearly, I've heard is clearly not right. Um, What now? So yeah, it's a daily sort of just being in touch with what my questions are. What do I want to know more about? And being so open to people, talking with people of other faiths, of other beliefs, finding common denominators, um, and just being fueled by curiosity.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, So you, you hint at, or you talk about it in the book a little bit at the end where you have, you still, you have, you now have this core of your chosen family or community that has that, has that sort of grown and become sort of your, your people that you've found? Oh yeah.
0: I have wonderful people. And, you know, one of the things that I learned growing up in the church was that, things were pretty conditional. The church was called a family, but any given Sunday, somebody could be not there. And you'd hear through the grapevine that lines were crossed. Um, oh, so-and-so did this. So-and-so won't be here anymore. Um, and you never see them again. They're just gone. Um, it's all pretty conditional. And just the thought of being able to have community with people outside of those um those guidelines, those, uh, you, you cross this line, we can't associate with you anymore. It allows you to, you know, Hey, I'm going to be authentic with you. And I'm not so sure about this. And I have questions around that. And I don't know about this. Oh, I don't either. You're having these truly human moments with people that fosters stronger friendships. Cause that I always felt that my, relationships in the church no matter how close they seem they're a little tenuous because if i start like in my heart knowing i don't believe something or don't think the same way i know that if i'm too honest and i've been in those conversations if i'm too honest with how i truly feel people start to back away and then you're you're going into that space where you could be excommunicated
1: yeah these are like deal breakers yeah Yeah. thanks for thanks for Thanks for coming oh, on. Oh, thank
0: you, Scott. This has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Hi, this is yeah, great. Yeah, we've nice.
0: talked about We've covered some really, really good topics. And um, I'm really excited for this season of the podcast, kind of expanding, you know, talking about other universities, talking about women. I, I'm really excited to hear the, the season.
1: Yeah, me too. It's, it's uh, I'm giddy as I look Yay. forward to interviewing more people and putting things out. Yeah. So.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you, Scott. Cynthia is a writer with a book out now called Intersection from Lake Drive Books. Her story of trying to get hired by the unnamed Bible school today is just part of the stories she tells, which center mostly on Danny himself and his journey through coming out as the man he always knew he was. There will be links to the book in the show notes, and I hope you all check it out. So we'll see you all next week on Chapel Probation. This episode was brought to you by the word repugnant, which is similar to reprobate, which I forgot to call you all today. So you all reprobates, you're also repugnant. Never forget.